Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week, I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding, and hopefully yours, of all things plant-centric. And this week's no different. I'm going to be chatting with nutritionist, uh, former professional cyclist uh, and holistic uh, natural healing coach Kate Mills about managing health conditions, chronic health conditions, uh, using plant-based diets uh, amongst a, a veritable feast of other subjects. You can find out more about Kate at dygnutrition.com. That's dygnutrition.com. So without further ado, it's a conversation between me and Kate Mills. You know, my vegan journey started when I was about eight years old. I was diagnosed with hypercholesterolemia. I had over 450 cholesterol, which is kind of nuts when you're that age. And of course, they tell you, you know, you're going to die by the time you're 30. And the first thing they always tell you is to go off of red meat and dairy. And so I did. I it, it sucked, honestly, because my favorite food in the world was macaroni and cheese and uh, bean and cheese burritos. And so taking the cheese out was not the most fun. But I also, at the time, I was really unhealthy. I was getting sick a lot. I was missing a lot of school. I was an athlete, but I, you know, I kept getting injured and I was missing a lot of games. And that kind of continued up through high school. And I was just, I was just always sick. And when I got to high school, that's when things kind of got a lot worse for me. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, I had a pretty horrible diet up to that point. Yes, I had gone off of the red meat and dairy, but I wasn't eating well. I wasn't, I refused to eat anything green. I was eating a lot of sugar. Um, you know, I, I just really didn't have a very good diet and I didn't know much about nutrition and I was getting really sick and I had headaches, really horrible headaches every day. I lost the ability to read, you know, I had to go to a special school because I couldn't focus at all. And I, we, you know, we didn't know it was wrong and we went to all the Western medicine doctors and they did every test possible and couldn't figure out what was wrong either. And I was fortunate that we had a friend that referred me to a really interesting alternative medicine practitioner who told me that I was allergic to gluten, dairy, soy, and sugar. And I had to go cold turkey off of those all in one day. And as a 15-year-old, that's pretty tough. But at the same time, I I was suffering so much that I was willing to do anything. And that was kind of where things started for me in the nutrition world and where my passion for nutrition started because as soon as I went off of those things and, you know, I was forced to start eating better foods and, you know, my chronic inflammation level went down a lot. My headaches started to go away. Um, I was able to start doing some exercise again because I had been pretty bedridden for a long time. And, you know, I, I started to get on the exercise bike and I was doing three to five hour rides on the exercise bike almost every day because, you know, it was allowing me to, you know, think more clearly. And so at the same time, as I was starting to clean up my diet and lower my inflammation levels, my, my pain was starting to go down. And 
it was about nine months of this until I was at the point where I was, um, I was actually able and willing to get out on a real bike. And at that point I was feeling great and I started to train, you know, on the road and I was, um, I was starting to race and I got to the point where I was, I was so into it and I was, I was just loving it so much and I was starting to get really fast and I, um, ended up training to try and be a professional cyclist. And at that point, you know, I was riding three to five hours a day, but I wasn't eating enough. And so I ended up kind of becoming anorexic in a way it's called exercise induced anorexia. And luckily it kind of forced me to go down a path that would shape the rest of my life. And, you know, I, I ended up seeing a, a woman who specializes in sports nutrition and, you know, the, the whole impact on the body of food and diet and, you know, performance. And she was able to help me, you know, recover from it very, very quickly because I didn't, I didn't want to be in Rick's. Like I was eating, you know, three to 4,000 calories a day, but I was burning 5,000. And so, you know, I was really underweight and things just, it just wasn't a good situation. And so I worked with her for, you know, a few months and I was able to get to a point where I was so strong and I was so healthy that that's when I, you know, moved to being a professional cyclist. And I did that for a couple of years, but I, every time I'd take a day off, I would just feel horrible. I felt like I wanted to die. Like it was, it was really bad. And after a couple of years of that, you know, not being able to take a day off because I felt so horrible, I went into just the worst bout of health I'd had in my whole life. And it turns out after months and months and months of, of testing and finding new doctors that I had Lyme disease and that I'd had Lyme disease for many years and that it was so deep in my body. It was causing horrific 24 hour day headaches and, you know, full body shaking attacks that wouldn't stop for hours and severe fatigue and just everything you can imagine. It's, it's honestly Lyme disease is a really, really horrible disease. And, but that's kind of where, things took a big, big, you know, directional change for me was the first thing that my Lyme doctor said to me was you have to go hundred percent vegan and gluten-free also. And those are two of the main things that impact inflammatory diseases like Lyme disease and other tick-borne diseases and autoimmune diseases is inflammation. And so, you know, the meat being so inflammatory, that was one of the first things. And luckily when I did that, it, it again made me feel a little bit better and I stayed off of it for a very, very long time. I only, I think maybe five, six years later, I slowly started to eat a little bit of fish again, but I would notice a big difference. You know, I would notice the inflammation. I would notice the changes in my gut, all of that. So that's kind of how my story started. And that's, that's been about 12 years now, something like that. And I've gone through a lot of other, you know, food programs since then I've done maybe 15 or so different types of, of diets. And when I say diet, I don't mean anything connected to losing weight. It's more about ways of eating that, have an impact. And, and honestly, one of the, the most powerful ones for me that gave me the most energy took away every ounce of pain I ever had was what's called the 80, 10, 10 diet, which is a raw vegan, basically just 
fruits, vegetables, and nuts. And that was amazing. It just wasn't sustainable. So I've been following, you know, the plant-based diet now um, pretty religiously for, for for at least the last, you know, five, six years. And it's, it's had a massive impact. And so I, I try and talk to everyone about this because I believe in how powerful it is. Wow. There's so much in there. It's just an incredible, incredible story. I'd love to sort of pick up on first this point, this point that you mentioned there about um, when the, when the kind of doctors diagnosed you with the Lyme disease and ultimately said, uh, ultimately said, you know, you, you need to uh, pretty much go vegan. Was that the kind of terminology that they, they'd used or was it just that everything that they'd asked you to exclude you'd put two and two together? I guess nutrition being such a part of this journey was kind of the, the idea of veganism, something that had crossed your path in its kind of term or was it purely about uh, removing certain certain things and adding in certain other things and it just so happened that they happened to be removing animal products and putting in more plants yeah you know the word vegan i'm pretty sure wasn't mentioned back then no and honestly i didn't even see a nutritionist until maybe a few years later um, so this was, you know, from a Lyme specific doctor and it, she definitely didn't say the word vegan. It was just, you know, you need to cut out the meat and the dairy and the fish. And, you know, it was a lot about elimination. So yeah, the vegan part of it wasn't. Yeah. And I, I still, when I read a lot of stuff about Lyme disease, they don't talk about that in a lot of cases. And it's all, it's one of the first things I tell people, <laughs> you know, still is you have to address the food. Why do, why do you think it's so, because it sounds like through your journey, like it, it kept coming up as, you know, remove these things, remove these animal products because, you know, they're going to, they're going to cause you harm, whether it be you finding that out for yourself through your own research or, or kind of others, others guiding you in certain fields, even if they weren't necessarily labeling it uh, as as veganism but did you did, did would you say that it's well I, I guess from your experience it sounds like it's it's fairly um fairly missing the the kind of nutrition full stop just generally missing from sort of your traditional western medical treatment would you say that would be fair to say from your experience absolutely you know i when i when i hit that 15 you know, when I was 15 and I started going through all the Western medicine testing and I went through all the testing, they tested me for everything. And except <laughs> they didn't test for food and nutrients. And at that time, actually, no, this is when, this was when I was 18. So this was another bout where things went nuts and they, you know, they didn't know what it was. But at that time, you know, after doing you know, so much testing, everything. One of the last ones they did was a B vitamin test. And they determined that I had beriberi, which is, you know, not something that's supposed to happen in the Western world. And it's pretty much having no thiamine. And, you know, so it took so much just for them to test if I had enough of specific nutrients. They didn't even test my vitamin D levels. They, they never sent me to a nutritionist, never. And, you know, that was something that I, I, the first one I saw was actually through a functional medicine doctor that I worked with. Um, maybe I was 19, something like that. And 
that was the very first time that I was recommended to see a nutritionist. And, you know, I, I already knew at that time how important it was, but yeah, Western medicine has never, ever suggested it for me. And, and it's amazing because it would have saved them a lot of money. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Do you think, is it because it's, it's so built on the, on big pharmaceutical companies or what's the kind of root cause for you on that from your experience? You know, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, you know, normal Western medicine doctors don't get nutritional training. You know, I was just listening to a podcast um, yesterday, actually, from one of the top functional medicine doctors, but he was also a normal Western medicine doctor. And he said out of 8,000 hours of training, he did only four hours was nutrition and he pretty much didn't learn anything. It was like health 101 type information. And they just aren't trained to look at the root of the problem. And that's what, you know, I focus on. That's what functional medicine focuses on is what the root causes are of chronic illness. And, you know, because Lyme disease it, a lot of people have Lyme. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who have Lyme, but not everyone is symptomatic. And part of that is because their immune systems are strong and they don't have, you know, let's say they don't have huge high levels of stress because stress, you know, compromises the immune system. So, you know, it's not ever because not everyone is symptomatic, you know, it makes people think it's not as bad as it is. And so, so these Western medicine doctors, they're trying to treat the symptoms and not the cause. Whereas functional medicine is all about finding and addressing the cause to have all the symptoms go away. So they're not going to look at that as a, you know, as a main cause of the problem. And it was, like I said, it wasn't until I was, you know, 18 that they tested vitamins for the first time. And it wasn't even all vitamins. It was just a couple And it wasn't until I was, you know, 20 or 21 where, you know, I started having allergy testing done. And that's actually a really big deal that I want to talk about, you know, as we go on because of how much it influences the immune system. Um, But it's, you know, you truly are what you eat, but you're not really what you eat. You're what you can process and assimilate so even if you're eating something that doesn't mean that you're going to get everything out of it and so you know it's i'm i'm always amazed that you know thinking back on my struggles and the amount of money they they had to spend on me through my insurance (laughs) you know that they didn't think about this sooner so it's it's fascinating it's almost like that the moment that you kind of almost started to excel in a sporting sense, that almost the sporting world, the performance coaching piece and that that um, sort of performance coach nutritionist that you mentioned who started to lead you down this path to begin with, almost like sports is it, it, maybe because it's the nature of looking for these kind of 1% incremental improvements that sport has that in its nature, that... Um, it almost seemed more more nutritionally focused than medicine. It's just quite quite an interesting point, I think, you raise. Yeah, it, it actually is. And strangely, though, you know, athletes have such different needs than normal humans. And, you know, they're a lot sicker than most people think. Yeah, they're getting a lot of exercise and they're getting a lot of blood flow, but that doesn't mean that 
they're immune to all the other issues out there, especially because, you know, especially endurance athletes specifically, you're eating so much food and your body is having to process all this food and every, you know, every single thing you put in your body, it needs to break down and you create toxic you know, metabolic waste with every calorie that you're metabolizing. And so, you know, you just athletes have problems that people don't see and they're, they're brewing under the surface. And so that's, that's what my focus is because, you know, not only did I, um, I race on bikes, I actually ended up at 21 or 22 while I was sick, I actually started a cycling clothing company. And so, you know, I ran that for 12 years with my family and that was kind of how I stayed in the cycling world. But, you know, being around endurance athletes for so long, you know, I've seen what they eat. I've seen how they treat themselves. And while in general, you're right, they are looking for every little thing that can improve their performance. They're they sometimes miss the big picture. <laughs> they miss that they're eating 6,000 calories a day of the wrong types of food. And so they're just focused on having to get so much in because sometimes it's just so hard to eat that much <laughs> that, you know, they're eating two or three burgers. And, you know, it's, you know, if I tell them that, you know, that's not the most optimal way to do it, it's intimidating sometimes talking to people about going vegan because, especially those who need such high calories is they they're they're just intimidated by the amount of cooking or, you know, thinking that they're not going to get enough protein. And that's just not the case. And so, you know, a big part of my goal is education because, you know, I think my, I I feel like my purpose in life, or this is kind of how I've felt the last couple of years is to help people avoid what happened to me and to help because I, I went through so much pain my whole life that no one deserves that. And unfortunately, that's the way the world is going. The world is going, moving toward chronic disease every single day. They're just skyrocketing. And so if I can, you know, if I can educate people through social media, through, you know, cycling teams, things like that, on the fact that, you know, diet, what you put in your body, every single thing you put in your body will have a big impact on your health short and long term, you know, I feel like that's what's going to make the biggest difference. And it's just, you know, it's just getting people to listen. A lot of people just aren't ready to listen or make a change. And, you know, that's where, you know, the education comes in. You can't, you can't force anyone to change. They need to decide based on, you know, the information you give them. And so that's, you know, that's where my focus is. (laughs) That's, yeah, more more power to you. There's a a point there that you mentioned I'd love to pick up on about chronic uh, illnesses and the, the kind of the rise in them well I mean obviously we've mentioned kind of nutrition what would you say is kind of particularly attributed to that you know in the in the kind of last you know few decades what, what would you say is the the big drivers of this increase that you speak of well you know there's there's several layers to that obviously you know meat and dairy is a big one um you know the the <laughs> The way that we're treating our animals, the foods they're eating, the, you know, the water they're drinking, but it's, it's not just that, you know, our world is very toxic. And this is, this is the first thing I always talk to people about is, you know, 
People say, oh, my parents are healthy. They lived until they're 80 with no health problems. Well, they grew up in a totally different world where they weren't being completely overburdened by toxins every second of every day from every angle. And we are. The last 15, 20 years, our world has become so unbelievably toxic. The food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, you know, the cleaners we use, the shampoos, the pretty much everything in life, the EMFs from Wi-Fi are toxic and they're causing DNA damage and it's low-level radiation and we're, you know, we're completely bombarded by it constantly. And so, you know, the, the number one thing I always say is it's, you know, the toxic load on the body is what's causing these problems. And meat and dairy is a significant part of that, you know, especially, you know, for people who eat a lot of it. And, you know, it's, it's the overload of toxins that's coming into our bodies from every angle are really overburdening our detox organs, our liver, our kidneys, and everything is so connected. You know, it's, Heart disease is skyrocketing. Everything is getting worse. More fatty liver disease, more, you know, kidney disease, all of them are going up. And and if you are constantly being bombarded with these things, yet you're not providing your body with a way of getting rid of them, you're just stockpiling. And, you know, like your kidneys, your kidneys have two little filters. And if you're constantly putting in water that's full of lead and pesticides and bacteria and BPA and heavy metals. And they're constantly your whole life going through these kidneys. The kidneys are just gumming up these little, these little filters. And same with the liver. The liver is just, we're, all of our livers are so inflamed and people think of, you know, fatty liver disease as being all about alcohol. It's not. Fatty liver disease is exploding worldwide because the liver is what has to process out all these toxins. And, you know, genetically, we aren't built to deal with that level of toxicity. And so our livers are just completely overburdened and overworked. And a lot of the chronic illnesses are due to these two organs being so overburdened and, you know, chronic um, hypercholesterolemia they're finding is significantly related to the liver. And instead of giving, you know, and for instance, my dad, he's been on statin drugs for over 20 years and, you know, it's not made that significant of a difference. Whereas, you know, he desperately needs to do a liver cleanse to help clear out some of those byproducts that are keeping his liver from functioning properly. So, you know, in in my opinion, I'm going back to your question. um, You know, the number one big cause is severe overtoxicity that's wreaking havoc. It's causing unbelievable oxidative damage to all of our cells, all of our DNA. And when our DNA is damaged, it can't communicate with our cells to work properly. So your hormones go out of whack you know, your blood pressure does weird things. And, you know, so it's, that's kind of what I've found to be the main root cause. But there's also lots of other ones, you know, and, you know, the microbiome, which almost everyone's heard of at this point, most of our microbiomes are out of balance. And, you know, over 90% of our body is actually made up of 
foreign organisms. <laughs> it's weird to think about. It's kind of creepy to think about, but 90% of our body is foreign organisms and 80% of our immune system lives in our gut. If our gut isn't healthy, let's say, you know, we've got parasites, we've got, you know, an overgrowth of bad bacteria and our good bacteria are too low because we took a lot of antibiotics in our life. You know, our immune systems aren't going to function. We're going to have leaky gut, which is going to allow these toxic materials to, you know, die off from the parasites, you know, poop particles, horrible bacteria that you're eating. It's all going to seep into our body, go straight into our bloodstream and straight to our liver without being, you know, held back from the immune system in your gut that's supposed to protect you. So, you know, and the meat and dairy is a big part of what causes gut problems. And not just because of, you know, the chronic inflammation that it causes, but also because it causes an overgrowth of very difficult bacteria to kill. And there's a lot of parasites in it, but also meat and dairy tend to have low level antibiotics. And so we're all being constantly inundated with low level antibiotics from this dairy and, and meat. And the antibiotics are killing off the bacteria, good and bad in our gut and allowing the bad bacteria to grow. And so gut health is essential, essential to the immune system and to, you know, helping fix and reverse some of the chronic diseases, but also helping support these detox organs. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of sweating every single day because, you know, because our detox organs and our pathways are all gummed up by a lifetime of this trash that our body is emitting and we're putting into it, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, they're not, they're not doing enough exercise. So they're not getting enough sweating. So it, it, it's not all coming out in your urine or your stool. That's, you know, the main ways that you're able to get rid of it. And so if you're not able to get it out in those normal ways because your organs aren't functioning and you have bad digestion and, you know, let's say you're semi-constipated because being constipated means you're going once, you know, if you're going once a day, officially you're constipated. And if you're constipated, it means your body is soaking all those toxins back in, you know? And so if you're not going more than that each day, you're just super toxic. And so sweating is a huge, huge thing to help protect you and, you know, get the heavy metals out that are overburdening all, you know, all your systems, get the, get the byproducts of this die off out. And, and so, you know, it's just one of those random things I tell people, like, if you want to be healthy long-term, you need to sweat, you need to get these things out of you and stop putting as much in, you know, get a, a better water filter that filters out all the horrible stuff. You know, the water filters in our, our fridge don't do that. They don't take out, you know, the chlorine, the fluoride, you know, all the parasites, they don't, and the heavy metals, like they don't take all that out. You need a better water filter. You know, I, this is random, but um, I recently looked at, I was, I searched for the water quality of the city I live in. And apparently it was so bad five years ago, which was a couple of years before I moved here, that 50% of the residents in the city complained. And Aaron Brockovich, who I don't know if you know who that is. I know from the film. <laughs> You've seen the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Brockovich actually had to come in to help us get our water back to a drinkable point. And this is in LA, you know, this is where we're all about health here. And the fact that our water is so toxic, you know, it just... It means I can't imagine, you know, what it's like everywhere else in the world. And so, 
anyway, that was kind of the long answer to your, you know, what I think the root cause is, but it's, you know, it's severe overtoxicity and chronic gut problems. And they're all related to, you know, meat, dairy, and the other things we're putting in our body. So. And the, 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 again, there's, there's so much in there. Like, where, where do we start? You know, like, is it, it's quite, um, it's almost like can feel a little overwhelming, I think. Like, at the beginning, love that, uh, you know, to think about, you know, the levels of toxicity, like you say, the, the gut health, the EMF. And you, you, you mentioned a really interesting point there about, um, like, how um, the word microbiome has gone from, like I'd never heard it before, probably about two or three years ago. That might be just me. Um, to kind of like used in daily parlance now, um, but I, I'll, I'll be honest, not one that I st- I still really understand. You know, I've heard bits and pieces, but would that be the starting sort of block for you? You know, if you were, if you were talking to to a client around, a, you know, their their overall health, their toxicity. Would it be microbiome and the, and the gut health or, or or what would that starting point be if not? Yes, um, because, you know, if you're trying to go after detoxing, like I said, your liver and your kidneys, you can't really do that if your gut isn't healthy. You know, you need to be up at having two to three bowel movements a day. I mean, officially, I think the rule is if you're eating three meals a day, you should be having three bowel movements. And if you're not, you're literally, your body is seeping those toxins straight back into your body. And, you know, it's, the microbiome is, is so important. And, and I've, you know, I've listened to hundreds of talks from like the best functional medicine practitioners all over the world. And what all, what's consistent across the board <laughs> is that the gut comes first. You know, you have to fix your gut before you can really fix much else. And so, you know, they all say, you know, if if there's supplements that people should be taking every day their whole lives, two of them are probiotics and digestive enzymes. Pretty much everyone should be taking those all the time because not only do we need to, you know, add back in the good bacteria, you know, because our guts are so messed up, it we're not able to digest things as well as we should. And so, we're, you know, and, and also, I don't know if you've talked to anyone else about this, but our food, you know, is nowhere near as nutritious as it used to be. You know, the top soil is not, doesn't have all the nutrients. And so, you know, even if you're eating the healthiest possible, you're not getting a lot of nutrients out of it. And a lot of us, have, because we have impaired digestive tracts, we're not able to actually get all the nutrients we think we are. So maybe we're eating a huge bowl of, you know, broccoli and carrots and, you know, we think that's enough, but we may only be getting 50% out of what's actually in that. And, you know, that can be improved with different eating habits and, you know, some, some other herbs and things you can take that will help improve digestion, things like that. Um, But, you know, it's just, it's so important. And and there's a lot of different things you can do to improve your gut. You know, one of the best things is actually fasting, you know, and I, I talk a lot about fasting because it's so, so powerful in so many ways. And, you know, it doesn't have, doesn't mean you have to do a full 24 hour water fast. You know, you could do 14 hour fasts every day where, you know, you stop eating at eight o'clock at night and don't eat again. And, you know, until the morning, that's officially a fast. Um, but 
a lot of us are eating up until so late at night that when we're sleeping and sleep is when we do most of our cleaning, you know, all of our organs are cleaning themselves at night. And so if you're eating late at night, first of all, you're, you're kind of messing with, you know, your gut because you eat and then you go straight to sleep. And what's your, your gut doing? It's having to, to try and digest this when it doesn't want to, and when it's supposed to be doing its cleaning, but also things like your liver, you know, your liver cleans itself every night between 10 and 2 a.m., but if you're not going to bed until midnight, you're missing two very, very important hours of liver cleansing. And if that's if you do that every single night, your liver is going to be really unhappy. And all of your organs have their own time frame as to when, you know, they clean themselves. And so, you know, one of the big things, one of the biggest things people could do to improve their, you know, their gut health and their overall health of their organs is stop eating so late at night, you know, eat stop eating at least three hours before bed. And, you know, it's, it's not difficult. I've been doing that for a while and, you know, I don't get hungry and sometimes hunger isn't even hunger. It's actually thirst. And, you know, that's another thing we can touch on a little bit later because something like 99% of the U S and I don't know about the rest of the world, but 99% of the U S is dehydrated. (laughs) And, you know, dehydration is huge when it comes to, you know, not being able to flush out toxins and clean your organs and all that. So anyway, um, so the microbiome, you know, stop eating so late. That's one thing, you know, fasting is so great because not only does it give your digestive tract a break, because most people go their whole lives without taking a break. They eat three meals a day their whole life. And, just like what I was talking about, if you're just constantly overburdening your body with toxins without giving it, you know, any break, it just keeps stockpiling and stockpiling until everything's, you know, re- feels like it's ready to explode. <laughs> and, you know, same with the gut. And unfortunately, you know, the gut is so long that it's constantly accumulating, you know, crud on on the walls. And one of the things about fasting is that it, it allows that you know, dissolving of some of that crud and which will allow you to start to absorb more nutrients from the food you eat. And it'll also allow leaky gut to start to heal because leaky gut. And have you, have you heard or talked to anyone about leaky gut? No, I've, I've heard of it, but again, it's sort of, um, something I've heard of and not really understood, you know, like I've never had explained to me really. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a much bigger deal than most people think because pretty much, I can't say everybody, but most everybody has some level of it. And leaky, you know, the gut lining. So let's say your skin, your skin has seven layers, okay, to protect you from, you know, things from the outside world. The lining of your gut is one layer. And so it's really thin and it needs to be because it needs to be able to allow, you know, food and nutrients to pass through. But it also means that if it's, if it's worn down at all, or if it's got any little tears or anything like that, then all this toxic, horrible stuff from your gut just leaks straight into your body and goes straight into your bloodstream. And it's what, you know, it's what makes people feel really bad. It's what causes skin issues. It causes pretty like extreme autoimmunity in a lot of people. Um, It causes food allergies and lots and lots and lots of problems and, you know, headaches and all these different things. And, you know, it's caused by, well, there are a lot of things that cause it. One of the biggest ones is food allergies. And, 
you know, this is something that's had a huge impact on my life, as I mentioned a little bit before, but even more so now, you know, people, some people have a couple food allergies where, you know, you, most people know about the normal ones, you know, peanut allergies, where you have a severe histemic reaction and your throat closes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, what's called sensitivities, but they are truly allergies because your body, when you have leaky gut, it allows these food particles to go into your body and your body reacts to them like a foreign molecule, like they should. And so it's causing this chronic autoimmune reaction to foods that you're eating. And so people who tend to have a ton of food allergies, and I happen to be one of them, my list of food allergies is actually really long. And it's that's also more related, you know, also to my Lyme disease and all the chronic infections that I'm constantly fighting. But, you know, food allergies, if you're constantly eating things that your body is sensitive to, it's going to start breaking down those walls and letting more of it into your system. And you start to feel really bad and you get really bad, you know, your energy dives, you start getting headaches, the chronic illnesses start to come up, you get a lot of chronic pain. Um, But also, you know, antibiotic, long-term antibiotic treatment, things like Motrin. Motrin is actually horrible for the gut and it's, you know, it causes bad leaky gut syndrome. But actually one of the biggest causes, which is, you know, it's something not a lot of people know or talk about. Um, People, so gluten. Gluten's a big deal, not just for people who have celiac or gluten sensitivity. And the reason for that is because, Wheat has been doused with Roundup to, you know, allow it to grow. And Roundup, the main ingredient is glyphosate. And glyphosate is a hugely toxic, horrible chemical that just, I I just can't explain how, how bad it is. And it's in pretty much any, you know, grain, wheat, bean, anything that's not organic, And so people who eat a lot of wheat, every time you eat something, you know, with gluten in it, a piece of bread, some pasta, you're literally making holes in your gut. You know, the the other really big thing, which doesn't get talked about because it's kind of an icky subject, (laughs) is parasites. You know, parasites are such a big deal and such a drain on your immune system. So, you know, it's... Again, it's a it's a touchy subject, but pretty much everyone has parasites, and there are lots of different types. There's parasites that live in your gut. There's liver flukes that live in your liver. Yeah, you can have them in your lungs. You can have them in your skin. Basically, a parasite is just a bacteria that you know feeds off of you and steals your energy, steals your nutrients. And strangely, other bacteria like Lyme and Epstein Barr and chronic infections actually live inside parasites. So if you're struggling with a chronic illness like Lyme or something, sometimes you treat it and you treat it and you know you think you're better but you never get better. It's because you didn't treat the parasites. And so, you know, parasites a lot of people have them in their guts. They have a lot of them, like billions of them, but some of them are big. Some of them, some people have worms. Some people have big, creepy looking things. And, you know, if you don't get those out, they're just going to constantly, you know, eat your food. They're going to take your nutrients. They're going to poop out lots of toxins. And so doing something like a parasite cleanse, um, you know, once or twice a year is hugely, hugely beneficial for pretty much everything. And so I, you know, I also recommend that to everybody is, you know, most people 
they build up their entire life. You could have gotten a parasite in Mexico when you were 10 and it's just lived inside you replicating your whole life. And you don't know you have, you know, you have gut issues. You may have, you know, some discomfort and things like that, but you have no idea because you don't have, you know, other big symptoms yet. So you, you know, you haven't, you haven't figured it out, but there's just so many different types you can have. So again, that's another piece to the puzzle and to, you know, the whole immune system that, which is kind of what we're talking about today is, you know, killing the good back or the bad bacteria that's in your body, replacing it with good bacteria in the form of probiotics and, you know, fermented good probiotic foods. Um, and then, you know, doing cleanses every once in a while to, you know, to keep them out and you'll have tons more energy, everything will improve and your immune system, you know, the reason I bring up food allergies in the gut is, you know, toxins, bacteria, all these things put a chronic stress on your immune system and they cause chronic inflammation. And, you know, acute inflammation is good and our body needs it to survive. But once it turns chronic, that's bad. And it it means that if you actually do have something happen, like, you know, the coronavirus or something like that, you're not able to fight it as well as your body should be able to because it's tired and, you know, your immune numbers might be low because it's been fighting for so long at a low level. And that's what I think is surprising the world right now is that what appears to be really healthy people are getting really sick and dying. And, you know, in my opinion, it's because they don't realize that they're chronically inflamed and their immune systems are already overburdened. <laughs> and so, you know, lessening your toxic burden, lessening your inflammation is just a massive, massive thing you can do to improve your life, improve, you know, everything. So, yeah. So that, that bit, obviously very, very sort of pertinent for people at the moment. And, you know, we've been talking around some of those, those elements of boosting your immune system. What would be, if you were to kind of boil it down, what are the, the, the real kind of top tips for you from an uh, from an immune system boosting point of view, uh, for anyone who's kind of you know concerned, probably at the moment, and and also obviously thinking about their long term health. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's quite a lot of things. Um, like I said, lessening your toxic load. So clean up your water. Eat only organic, non GMO um, foods. Um, clean up all of your cleaning products. Make sure that they're not packed with horrible chemicals. <laughs> um, you know, lessen your EMF loads. So, you know, it's hard to, you know, turn off your cell phone, but turning off your Wi-Fi at night is actually huge and it improves your sleep a lot. And sleep is such a massive one. Most of the world doesn't get good enough sleep and, you know, it's something that I address with a lot of people because either, you know, they're on their cell phones up until the second they go to bed. And so they're, you know, they're REM sleep and things are seriously disrupted and they're not getting quality repair at night. But, you know, our immune system, it does a lot of work at night. And so, you know, sleep is essential. And if you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep a night, your risk of pretty much everything skyrockets. So getting a minimum of seven hours of sleep. And I would say, you know, trying to go to bed by 10. So you get the maximum recovery and cleansing of all your organs, um, eating or stop eating earlier in the night. 
you know, maybe seven or eight, um, you know, detoxing. So like I said, sweating, uh, exercise is obviously fantastic and everyone should be doing exercise daily. And maybe it's, you know, 30 minutes of walking, maybe it's, um, you know, more, but, you know, even, you know, athletes, the, the problem is doing more than 60 minutes of exercise a day actually compromises your immune system. And so that's where athletes have to be really careful. And, and even if they're eating what they would consider a healthy diet, there are some things missing that they really need to improve. You know, every minute of exercise burns vitamin C. So if you're not eating a lot of vitamin C, athletes are compromised, you know? And so that, you know, exercise is key, but not too much exercise. (laughs) Um, I also, I use an infrared sauna. It's one of the only things in the world that allows you to pull out heavy metals and toxins that are buried deep in your organs and your body. And it's, it's one of the things that's kept me, you know, happy and healthy for a very long time. Um, so that, you know, it's another great way to sweat without, um, you know, without having to do all the exercise. And I sometimes do it the same day I do exercise. Um, so, you know, those things, improving your microbiome is huge. You know, there's, like I said, well, we talked a lot about that, but you know, the food allergy thing is something everyone should look into because you'd be so surprised. I, (laughs) I have a list of maybe 30 or 40 foods that I'm allergic to and more than half of them are fruits and vegetables. So things that you think would be superfoods for some people are pretty much poison for me. And when I eat them, I feel really bad. Some things I eat and I have to go straight to sleep. You know, I, I found out um, I had an allergy to, so, so for breakfast, you know, I, I have a big bowl of oatmeal and I add, you know, blueberries and goji berries and um, things like chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, flax seeds, pretty much all the different seeds because seeds are so good for you. And it turns out I'm allergic to two out of three of those seeds. And so every time I'd eat that, I would literally have to go straight to sleep. And so it's not just making me tired. It's obviously causing this chronic problem in the body. And so when I cut out all these foods I was allergic to and switched to other ones, things improved a lot. And so I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, what could be, you know, like blueberries, what could be the number one food on the planet for one person could be absolute poison for another. So figuring out what your food allergies are and cutting them out completely will significantly lower your chronic inflammation load and will make you feel, you know, better, clearer, have more energy, all that fun stuff. Um, So that's really important. You know, there's obviously, you know, nutrients are essential and making sure you have the correct balance of all the nutrients. You know, you could be missing one nutrient and it'll cripple your immune system. You know, vitamin D is pretty much essential for almost every function in the body, but for the immune system, it's, it's massive. And so one of the things that I, the first things that I told, you know, all my friends, family, all my social media people at the beginning of all this was get some sun, like go out and get you some sun. And if you're not getting sun, you need to take vitamin D supplements. You know, it's again, most of the world is, is deficient in vitamins or in vitamin D and it's even in places like LA where I live because the smog is so bad. So if you're, you know, even if you're spending, you know, half an hour outside, you're still not necessarily getting enough vitamin D. And so, you know, in places like 
you know, the East Coast or England where it's not sunny all the time, you know, pretty much everyone should be taking vitamin D supplements, especially if you're vegan, vegetarian, something like that, because, you know, that's where you would get it normally or from fortified milks. And so, you know, the that's just a really, really important one. And B vitamins, again, like a lot of people are deficient in B vitamins and omega-3, a lot of people are deficient in omega-3. And so if you're not eating, you know, salmon and eating chia seeds and flax seeds daily, you know, you probably should be taking an omega-3. You know, what? it's actually one of the big health issues that um, comes up is that the ratio of fats people have is what can make them really, really sick. You know, you should, a lot of people think, oh, I'm getting omega-6s. Well, omega-6s are good, but a lot of the time people have so much omega-6, they're not getting enough omega-3, and omega-3 is the really important one. So anyway, there's there's a ton of vitamins and, you know, nutrients that are that are essential, and you just, you need to make sure you have a balance. Um, the other thing is just significantly up your antioxidant intake. And this is, that's pretty easy. Um, but most people don't eat fruit. You know, I think there's a, there's a study recently where the average person worldwide eats less than one piece of fruit a day. And if they increased their fruit to one piece of fruit per day, the risk of chronic disease would go down by like 30 or 40% worldwide. Like it was just massive. And so, you know, eat more fruit. And I always, the number one fruit you can eat is berries. Berries are phenomenal for absolutely everything. And, you know, so blueberries are my go-to. I eat a bowl of blueberries every day, but you know, that's because I'm also allergic to strawberries, (laughs) you know? And so there's just, there's such, such a long list, but you know, I'll, I'll quickly touch on the other ones, you know, lowering your stress level. Stress turns off your immune system. So, you know, lowering your stress, doing some meditation, doing some yoga, breathing exercises, you know, that's probably the simplest and cheapest thing you can do to kind of restart is do some breathing exercises because doing some, you know, slow breathing actually turns on your parasympathetic nervous system, which allows you to get out of fight or flight mode because we're all pretty much stuck in fight or flight mode due to, you know, constant attention from the phone, the computer and fight or flight mode turns off your immune system. So, you know, getting back in relaxation mode is actually what allows you to fight and, you know, your system to be strong. Um, the other, you know, again, there's so many, the other big one, which pretty much no one thinks about is actually our teeth. And I just want to mention this because I think more people need to know about this. Um, but, it's pretty much found that, you know, there's leaky gut, there's leaky brain, and there's leaky teeth. And what what's happening is if you've had root canals or cavitations due to having your wisdom teeth taken out, or you've got amalgams in your mouth, or you've had, you know, you've had a lot of cavities, those are almost all infected. And they aren't being killed by toothpaste and mouthwashes. And so you've got these chronic infections in your mouth that are seeping into your body and causing this constant flood of infection to basically go into your blood. And so it's cause it's like this nonstop trickle of toxins and infection, and it's coming from the teeth. And so if you've had root canals, and I personally have had three of them, 
And I've had I had my wisdom teeth out, which happened to be a couple weeks before all my headaches started, which, you know, I now connected. Um, and I've had a lot of cavities. And, you know, if you have a lot of that, go see a holistic dentist, because you could be just, you know, leaking horrible things into your body that your body's, you know, trying its best to get rid of, but it's making you compromise to be able to fight other things. So anyway, I just, I just gave you a lot, but there's, <laughs> there's a lot of different things that impact the immune system and, you know, the basics, drink a lot of water, get a lot of sleep, de-stress, you know, fix your gut, um, fix your teeth, get good exercise and circulation. And the other big one, sorry, I, I forgetting, um, cut down on your sugar. Sugar is like fuel to the flame for, you know, chronic immune issues. And so every time you eat sugar, it shuts your immune system off for up to five hours after eating it. So if you're eating, you know, a candy bar at night, five for five hours, you've got pretty much no immune system. And, you know, so if you, it, it's just, it's such a massive one and blood sugar just spurs on chronic inflammation. And so cutting down on the simple sugars you're eating is, is really important. So <laughs> that, that's, um, that one's a particularly kind of, uh, <laughs> difficult one, I suppose, in our, you know, kind of current society, like I, would you would you obviously like i guess there's a significant difference between uh refined sugars the sugars like you say like you'd find in a in a chocolate bar or whatever versus the the ones that you'd find in fruit right Mm -hmm. yes yeah and the you know it's the simple processed sugars that are the worst and you know there's Fruit sugars are actually really interesting because it's been found that, you know, fruit sugar actually brings down your blood sugar. So, you know, if you have blood sugar issues and you eat a meal that's, you know, high in meat and, you know, and carbohydrates, you're going to have a big blood sugar spike. But if you eat some blueberries with it, it's actually going to hold down that spike. So, you know, fruits are still good. You just don't necessarily want to eat a lot of the high sugar fruits that don't have a lot of fiber. So, you know, things like bananas are really, really high in sugar and low in fiber. And so they're going to have a much, you know, they're going to have a a spike, but, but, you know, fruits in general are still good, but you don't want to go crazy on, um, on them because, you know, on top of, you know, just the fact it's sugar in general, sugar also spurs the growth of things like candida and yeast in the body, which is just another level that, you know, people struggle with. And in, in Chinese medicine, it's one of like the top three things that they say is at the root of all disease is chronic candida overgrowth. And that's spurred on by sugar. So, you know, people who tend to eat a lot of sugar chronically have candida overgrowth and that causes lots of problems. And like I said, it's a chronic stress on your immune system. So, you know, lowering your sugar intake is, is massive. And, you know, luckily, you know, we're, we're talking about veganism and, you know, blood sugar they've found recently and, you know, problems with, you know, too high blood sugar a lot is because of eating the wrong types of fat. And that tends to be meat and dairy. And what it does is it gums up your insulin receptors so that the sugar can't actually get into the cells. So if you, you know, remove the meat and dairy and you stop gumming up those insulin receptors, the sugar is able to enter the cells and actually, so it lowers the blood sugar. And so, 
you know, it's found that people with, you know, type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes can, you know, reverse it in most cases by cutting out the meat and dairy. It's not going 100%, you know, out, off of sugar. It's, you know, it's cutting out the bad fats that are gumming up those insulin receptors and allowing the sugar to enter the cells like they're supposed to. And so anyway, sugar is a, it's a pretty big deal. And it's, you know, it's something that, you know, it's addicting. I mean, it literally, every time you eat sugar, it's a dopamine spike. It, it react, you know, your brain reacts the same way it does to cocaine. So it's, you know, it's truly addicting and it's, it's made to be that way. And so avoiding as much as possible is really important. And, and once you stop eating much of it, your body stops craving it. And that, that's actually something I always found to be interesting because I've done so many elimination diets and, and a lot of people think it's really difficult, but actually after like one or two days at most, you stop craving it, you know? And, and I definitely found that with sugar and I found that with dairy and I found that with a lot of different things is you're, you just, you know, the cravings go away. And you're, you actually start to enjoy foods more because, you know, you don't have that addiction to it. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fascinating stuff. There's, there's one point I want to sort of circle back to, and, and time is getting away from us actually, but I do want to kind of get back to this this one uh, briefly because I think it's it's just such a uh, sort of a, a pervasive, you know, for all of us, you know, is the one we think about probably... Uh, or the one where it's sort of so intrinsic and so day to day is the the consumption of water, and you talked about how crucial kind of cleaning up your your water intake is, and um, I, I'd love to get some kind of top tips from you whilst I've got you to uh, to how you go about doing that. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's the kidneys are so important, and they, like I said, we have two of them, and a lot of people are having kidney failure, and most kidney problems are due to dehydration. And you know, technically, you should be drinking half your body weight in ounces per day, and that can come from you know water, it can come from drinks, you know, it, some of it comes from the food that we eat. But if you're not eating a lot of high, you know, high water fruits like oranges and apples and stuff, you're not really getting a lot from food. Um, and most you want to, you actually want to drink a lot of your water in the morning because, you know, as everyone knows, when you get up and you go to the bathroom in the morning, your pee is very yellow. And that's because, you know, your kidneys are doing their cleaning at night and you're, you're also breathing all night. And so you're getting dehydrated at night. And so, you know, if you wake up feeling kind of bad or, you know, sluggish, whatever, the best thing you can possibly do is drink, you know, 16 ounces of water right away. Just chug 16 ounces of water and, you know, keep drinking for the next couple hours and just flush your kidneys because, you know, stagnation and buildup in the kidneys cause a lot of, a lot of issues that people don't realize, mental, you know, energy, everything. And so, you know, getting up first thing in the morning and just flushing it through. And, and one thing I actually tell people, and it's one of the simplest things you can do to really make a big difference with your organ health is actually adding some lemon or lime to your water. And it's so, so powerful for so many things. And, you know, so I, I have a big glass, 16 ounces of water with about half of a lemon squeezed in. And I have that every morning and I just drink that right away. And it, it helps clean out the kidneys, the liver. It alkalizes the body. You know, most citrus fruits actually are alkalizing. They're not 
acidic. And so, you know, it alkalizes your body, it's detoxing, all these fun things. And so, you know, that's the first thing is just drink, drink a ton. And, and some people are worried about drinking a lot because they'll have to get up to go to the bathroom at night. Well, stop drinking two hours before bed. So, you know, drink as much as you can early in the day and then kind of sip on it throughout the day. But, you know, again, aim for half your body weight in ounces per day. And as far as, you know, the type of water, the the most common out there for really, really good water is reverse osmosis. Um, I personally don't have a reverse osmosis. I have what's called a Berkey filter. And the reason is because reverse osmosis takes everything out. It's like the cleanest water you can get. But on top of all the bad stuff, it also takes out the good stuff. And so the one I have, the Berkey, it, um, it leaves in some of the good stuff, the minerals. And so that's what I have. And I, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable because, you know, I, I do a lot of fasting. When you're fasting, you're putting in, you know, you're so I do water fasting and, you know, you're supposed to drink water. And I'm like, well, if I'm drinking all this water, but it's full of toxins, am I actually, you know, benefiting? And so, you know, getting that filter was really, really beneficial, but strangely, a lot of the toxins you actually get are through the shower. And so buying a 20 to $30 shower head filter is massive because chlorine is, is horrible for you. And our water is so heavy in chlorine and our shower water. And so you've got this hot water going on to you, which is, you know, opening your cells and allowing all this, you know, chlorine to just seep into every cell in your body. And so if you can get a super cheap, they're easy, you know, shower head filter, you're going to really lower the amount of toxins you're going to get from the water. So those would be two of my, my big suggestions. And reverse osmosis water is great, but it tends to be more expensive. And it, you know, sometimes you have to like do some construction on your kitchen to be able to fit it on your sink. Um, so, so yeah, those are, those are my suggestions, a water head or a, a shower filter and something, you know, on your sink so that everything you drink or cook with is as clean as possible. You'll, it'll be a huge, huge step forward. Amazing. Kate, I mean, I've, I've got a, a probably about, I don't know, two, maybe three A4 pages of notes here. Like <laughs> I've been jotting down. Like there's so much. I, I could, could go talk, on for hours, trust I, me. I, I, could, I could talk to you forever about it, these subjects. There's so much in there. But um, our time has, has come to an end, sadly. But it's just amazing. Thank you so much for all of your, um, your insight and uh, into kind of immune health and, and beyond really and your story is just so compelling it's just um, an, an incredible incredible story uh, th- thank you so much for your time um, and, and I think we probably have to do an episode two at some point and get get, get some more information from you but uh, f- for now thank you so much thanks for having me <laughs> thank you